Wish chapter 25. The next day at Bible school, we made bottle cap magnets with the Ten Commandments on them. Then we played some game where we had to wrap ourselves in strips of crepe paper like Joseph's coat of many colors and race around an obstacle course. I guess Miss Rhonda didn't remember about Howard and his up-down walk when she thought up that game. He came in last and ripped his coat of many colors, but he didn't seem to care. At lunch, we sat in the shade and took out our lunch boxes. Howard was helping Miss Rhonda gather up all the crepe paper strings, so I plopped myself down next to Audrey. Hey, I said. Hey, Audrey said, and then she scooted closer to a girl named Lainey who had scabs all over her legs. I couldn't believe she'd rather sit closer to a scabby-legged girl than me, but I guess she did. I'd told her I was sorry about that kicking and shoving, hadn't I? I didn't know what else I could do to make friends with her. I opened my new lunchbox and I took out the things that Bertha had packed for me. A bagel with peanut butter, strawberries in a margarine tub, some cookies she made that were kind of burnt on the bottom. And then I took out the note that I had written the night before. The one that said, I love you very much, Mama. I opened it and held it out in front of me. Then I cleared my throat so maybe Audrey would look my way and see the paper. But she was too busy stirring her yogurt. So I tossed the paper on the grass almost in front of her. You dropped your trash, she said. What? That's your trash, she pointed to the paper. You mean that note? She shrugged. Whatever. It's from my mama, I said, rolling my eyes. She's all the time doing that. I nudged the paper a little closer to her so that maybe she would read it. I thought you lived with your aunt and uncle, she said. Well, not all the time. I mean, most of the time, but my mama comes to visit a lot, and she's always writing me these notes. I knew my face was beet red, so I kept my eyes on the ground. Audrey made a face. You're not supposed to lie at vacation Bible school, she said. She said that word Bible real loud and mean-sounding. And before I knew it, I was standing over her with my fists balled up and my heart beating like crazy. I felt red-hot anger settle over me like a blanket. I wanted to stomp on her perfect sneakers. I wanted to yank those butterfly barrettes right out of her hair. But then suddenly, Howard was next to me, saying, Pineapple! 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 Audrey grabbed her yogurt and lunchbox and stood up. Y'all are crazy, she said, and she stormed off toward the church. What the heck, Charlie, Howard said. You gonna smack somebody at church? I dropped back down to the grass and began throwing my bagel and stuff into my lunchbox. Howard sat beside me. Why are you so mad? She said I lied. Well, did you? No. I snatched that stupid note up and tossed it into the lunchbox. He looked at me over the top of his glasses the way some old grown-up would do. Then no reason to get mad, he said. He peered into my lunchbox. Hey, are you going to eat that bagel? It took me a while to simmer down, but I finally did. Still, I wasn't in the mood to memorize Bible verses. When it was almost time to go home, Miss Rhonda told us to go inside and help set up the chairs for Sunday school. As Howard made his way toward the church, T.J. Rainey followed behind him, walking in an up-down way like Howard. He looked around to make sure everybody was watching his big old grin on his face like he was the funniest person in the universe. Suddenly, Howard turned around. But TJ didn't even stop. He kept walking toward Howard in that up-down walk. And then, I couldn't believe my eyes. 
Howard just turned back around and went on his way like nothing even happened. Well, I can tell you for sure, there wasn't enough pineapples in the world to keep me from running straight at TJ, full steam ahead. I kept my arms stiff in front of me and bam, I shoved him so hard his head snapped back and he crashed face first in the dirt. I confess I was more than a little surprised when he got right up and shoved me back, knocking me to the ground. I scrambled to my feet and I was ready to haul off and bust him one when Miss Rhonda stepped between me and TJ with her fist jammed into her waist and a look of pure horror on her face. Stop it right now, she hollered. That is not Bible school behavior. So that's how I ended up sitting on a church pew with TJ Rainey, listening to Miss Rhonda talk about forgiveness and kindness and goodness and grace and all that stuff. It seemed to me like Audrey Mitchell ought to be sitting here in her perfect sneakers while Miss Rhonda quoted some stuff about doing unto others. Every once in a while, TJ shot me a glare, and I shot one right back. When Bertha came to pick me up, Miss Rhonda had to go and tell her what happened. Bertha nodded and said, Oh, dear. And, Yes, ma'am. And, I will. And then we rode home in silence. Mama would have been hollering at me, asking me what in the world was wrong with me, and can't I do one darn good thing without causing trouble? But not Bertha. She reached over and patted my knee and said, You are a good friend to Howard, Charlie. When we got home, me and Wishbone went out front and sat in the shade of the dogwood tree. The air was still hot, the red dirt yard dry and dusty. Bertha's Flowers by the front door spilled over the sides of the flower pots and drooped onto the ground. The sprinkler sputtered in circles out in the garden. When I'd first gotten to Colby, most of that garden had been just rows of tiny green plants poking out of the ground. But now, plump red tomatoes grew fatter every day. Yellow flowers turned into bright green zucchini. And pole beans hung in clusters from vines that snaked up up twine to form leafy treetops. A blue jay landed in the yard near us, and Wishbone's ears perked up. He cocked his head and watched that bird hop in and out of the marigolds along the fence. I put my arm around him and rubbed his long, velvety ears between my fingers. He licked my face, his tail swishing back and forth on the dusty ground. I swear that dog loves you to pieces, Bertha kept telling me, and I do believe it was true. He'd gotten to where he wouldn't let me out of his sight, following me around from room to room, laying by my chair at the kitchen table, sleeping with his head on my, on my feet out on the porch. I didn't even need to keep him on a leash in the yard anymore. He stayed right by my side everywhere I went. He might trot over to sniff a shrub or snap at the bumblebees, but he always glanced back to make sure I was still there. And every time he did that, I loved him even more. After a while... Bertha came outside and brought us saltine crackers with peanut butter. She let Wishbone eat one right off her hand and didn't even care when he slobbered on her. And then, out of the clear blue, she said, Charlie, I really admire you for sticking up for Howard like you did today. She admired me? Well, that was a first. I was pretty sure nobody on earth had ever admired me before. You do? I asked. She nodded. I do. And so we sat there in the shade of the dogwood while the sun beat down on the dirt yard. Bertha told me a story about when she and Mama were little girls, and they went to a lake one summer. Carla had never been in water deeper than a bathtub in her life, Bertha said. 
So when she fell off the dock into that murky water, everybody went crazy. But I swear, she popped right up like a cork without so much as a sputter. Then she floated on her back, staring up at the sky while everybody ran up and down the dock, hollering and carrying on, and my Uncle Jared jumped in after her and ruined his brand new wristwatch. Wristwatch. Bertha chuckled and swatted at gnats that were hovering over Wishbone as he slept. That girl was a walking wonder sometimes, she said. Of course, I couldn't help but ask myself how a woman who can't get out of bed and get her feet on the ground could be a walking wonder. But I was still basking in the glow of being admired. So for once, I kept quiet and I didn't mess things up. And one time, Bertha went on, she snipped all the buttons off my blouses. She cut the air with her fingers like scissors. Snip, snip, right off onto the floor. Why did she do that? I asked. Beats the heck out of me, she said. She did the craziest things you ever saw. She reached over and she grabbed my knee. Well, not, not crazy, crazy, but just, well, you know, kind of odd. She let go of my knee and went back to swatting gnats away from Wishbone. About the only thing I remember about our poor mama ever saying was, Carla, stop that. I nodded. I had a perfect picture in my mind of little Carla snipping those buttons. Before long, Gus's car came bouncing and squeaking up the gravel driveway. Hey, Butterbean, he called out the window. Then he got out, kissed Bertha on the cheek, and patted Wishbone on the head. And he told me I was a ray of sunshine at the end of a long, sorry day. That night in bed, I laid on top of the cool sheets with Wishbone's soft, warm body next to me. I thought about my broken family back in Raleigh, and I wondered if they were thinking about me, a ray of sunshine at the end of a long, sorry day. <laughs>